Hello, this is Joe, the Connection Counselor, and today on Executive Presence Morsels, we'll be sampling another bite-sized learning to help you be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Throughout this first year of Executive Presence Morsels, I will invite you to share your questions and feedback via voice message on Anchor FM or by emailing me at joe at connectioncounselor.com. I will do my best to work it into the show and sometimes even share my message. Here's one to get us started from Marsha Marino, who is an amazing music teacher, personal services concierge, and all-around thoughtful human being. Hi, Joe. This is Marsha. I can't think of anyone else more qualified to do a podcast like this. You've got this, Joe. Good luck with everything. So we've been talking a lot about executive presence and all the advantages it confers and some of the reasons why you'd really, uh, it would really be good to have it for your career and your personal results. Well, today I want to talk about the limits of executive presence, right? It's, it's not a magical quality that's the only thing you need to be successful. However, I want to very specifically address what some of the limits are and maybe what some of the myths are about what executive presence is and what it can and cannot do. So executive presence and having executive presence, let's just assume, imagine yourself as having all the executive presence that you're ever going to have, and it's awesome. People are just like, wow, you have amazing executive presence. That's the good news. The bad news is executive presence is not the same thing as being skilled in your area, and it's not the same as being an effective leader. Right? Just because you have executive presence doesn't mean you're going to be effective as a leader. And it also doesn't mean that you're the best choice for the job. So you may be wondering, Joe, what are you talking about? Right? Everywhere I read, they say executive presence. You even say executive presence sets the altitude for your career. Why are you downplaying executive presence now? So to explain the nuance here, remember... Executive presence is about how people feel about you, right? And it's a very specific feeling. It's the feeling about how well you can lead in a given situation. So think about that for a second. The fact that you feel someone can lead well in a given situation is not exactly the same thing as them having the skills needed to lead. You believe they do. You probably believe they do, right? You'd be foolish um, to think that they have executive presence if they don't. But it's not the same thing. Also, being an effective leader, right, which requires more than people just following what you do or feeling that they should follow what you do, there's a lot more to being an effective leader than just that. So again, executive presence doesn't necessarily give you that as well. And finally, and I think this one is the most important one and certainly one for upper management to consider if you're part of upper management, it does not mean that you or the person that you select based on great executive presence is the best choice for the job. 
all it means is that you feel like they'd be the best choice for the job. So what's the problem here? The problem is sometimes the person you feel is the best is actually not the best. They could just be the person who's the best at convincing everyone that they should feel that they're the best. They may not have the skills. They may not have the experience. They might not even have the right temperament or strategy or discipline to execute the job that you need executed. And the North Star, I think, always for management is what is the job that needs to get done and why, not, you know, who's the best person to pick, right? It's, it's always about what is the eventual end goal for the organization, for society, whatever your particular North Star is. That's what's guiding it, right? It's not a personality thing or, or a, a personal thing. It's about what is the most effective way to go. So all this just to say executive presence is one aspect and it's a very important aspect because if people don't feel that about you, it won't matter that you have the skill. It won't matter that you are effective or that you are the best choice for the job. If you don't have executive presence, it makes it much less likely that you will be recognized to, fill your, to fulfill your potential or that you will be selected for great opportunities. By the same token, just because you have executive presence, you don't necessarily assume that you have all those other things it takes as well. So it's always important to have a realistic assessment of your skills and your gaps and to get feedback from people and to consider all those things. So just because people are telling you you're great and they feel you're great does not mean that there aren't other areas where you can and need to improve. It's been great talking to you again. Uh, would love it if you have any comments or questions on executive presence or reactions to any of these episodes. Please record a message on Anchor FM. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to Executive Presence Morsels. This is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Remember, it's not what you say, do, or wear. It's how you make people feel that generates executive presence. Nothing else matters. If you'd like, please stay tuned for a preview of tomorrow's episode, brought to you by our sponsor. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's talk a little bit about age and executive presence. It's pretty easy to slip into the thinking that you need a certain amount of experience or a title or need to reach a certain amount of, I don't know, grayness or white-haredness to really warrant executive presence. And I'm here to tell you that's totally bogus, right? That's not what executive presence is about. And I'm actually reminded of a really funny remark, an insightful remark uh, by Carlos Santiago, who's an executive for GlaxoSmithKline, um, was interviewing him for a show 
C-suite, a seat at the table with executive leaders for a podcast that I host for Alpha New Jersey. Alpha is the Association of Latino Professionals for America, uh, and I'm on the board of the New Jersey chapter. And Carlos was talking about leadership development. And he said, a lot of times what you hear from people when you ask them for input on how you can develop as a leader, you hear a lot of things like, well, you need to be three to five years in every role, right? And he thought about that and he was like, wait a second, what is the average age of most CEOs, right? They're roughly 40-ish. And if every CEO actually had to take three to five years in each role before they became a CEO, as Carlos said, most CEOs would be closer to 100 years old, right? So what's going on? What's, what's different? Why is that advice actually not 100% valid? And what's interesting to me is people can only see what they experience and what they realize, and they kind of have a certain perspective, and that, understandably, is what they're going to share with you. And, and I believe in most cases that's a well-intentioned sharing. I don't think anyone was talking to Carlos trying to sabotage his career. However, Thanks for listening. Can't wait to share the rest of the episode with you. Join us next time for another tasty Executive Presence morsel.